Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? So normally every Monday I put out two trade videos. One is talking about buy low players and then the second one is talking about sell high players. But because we had six teams on buy this week, a lot of top tier fantasy options, I didn't feel like I could talk about five players to sell high on and then five players to buy low on. So I'm going to combine the sell high and buy low videos into one this week and I'm going to be starting it off with the players that I think we should be buying low on. But before I get into the first guy, please guys, if you're enjoying the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. You can ask me any questions down below. I'll be responding to every single person. But the first buy low player I have is going to be Daryl Henderson from the Rams. And in my mind, the perfect buy low player is someone who received high volume, but just didn't produce on it. So maybe they received high volume and was just inefficient based on the matchup, or maybe they got that high volume, they just didn't get into the end zone. And that's exactly what happened here with Daryl Henderson. He had 15 carries, six targets. You know, going into a game, if you said your running back is gonna have 15 carries and six targets, you are feeling ecstatic about that usage. It just didn't all come together. He scored 9.4 PPR points, which was definitely a little bit underwhelming. But prior to this game, Henderson's lowest scoring week was 15.7 points. So he has really kind of established himself as a very reliable running back option. And being a complete workhorse at the running back position is something that's becoming increasingly more and more rare. You're just not seeing it as much. You're seeing a lot of committees and even guys who are getting a decent amount of touches. A lot of teams are using third down backs. You just don't have those running backs out there for almost every single snap anymore. But Henderson is one of those remaining workhorse guys. He takes almost every single touch out of that Rams backfield. He's averaging 16 carries per game and 3.7 targets per game. And he's getting the important touches. You know, he's getting all the red zone looks. He's getting a fair amount of targets in the receiving game. And in my mind, he's a top 12 running back rest of season. And I think he's someone that you're going to be able to acquire for probably just a little bit less than he's actually worth, especially when you just look at the lack of solid running backs. Another guy who's kind of in this same range is going to be Leonard Fournette. And this isn't necessarily a buy low because he's coming off a game where he put up 17 points. That's obviously not a low performance. And I want to preface this by saying you may be able to buy him for a slightly lower price in a week or two because the Bucks travel to New Orleans in week eight to take on the Saints. We know the Saints have a really solid run defense. So maybe Fournette kind of struggles in that game and then they go into a bye in week nine. So, you know, if he struggles against the Saints and then goes on bye, you probably could buy him for a lot less. But if he balls out against the Saints in what should be a bad matchup for him, his value is just going to continue to rise. So I would rather just take the risk and try to acquire him right now. Just like Daryl Henderson, I view Leonard Fournette as a top 12 running back rest of season. He's established himself as the number one running back in this backfield for the Buccaneers. It's not Ronald Jones. You know, Giovanni Bernard is barely involved. I thought he would be a top receiving back. That is not the case. And Leonard Fournette has just been a scrimmage yards monster. Ever since he took over as the clear cut number one in week four, he's been averaging 17.3 carries per game and five targets per game. Those are top tier running back numbers. That is great usage. And that's on a solid team with a lot of scoring opportunities and a really good offensive line. In that four game stretch, 
He's averaging 116 and a half scrimmage yards per game. I kind of mentioned this with Henderson, but with the current running back landscape, there are just not a lot of running backs that you trust on a week to week basis. And a lot of those top guys, you know, if you're looking at the workhorses like Alvin Kamara, Delvin Cook, Derrick Henry, it's going to take an insane amount to kind of pry those guys off of teams. And even other guys, if you're looking at maybe a Jonathan Taylor, people in that range, if running backs were drafted in the first or second round, people are probably going to be very hesitant to trade them. But Leonard Fournette was not one of those guys you paid a high draft price for. He was potentially going in double digit rounds, maybe more like eighth or ninth round, but he wasn't one of these top picks. So I think if you need a running back, you're struggling at the position, he's someone you could go out and acquire for a reasonable price without having to way overpay for someone. For the next two buy lows, I'm gonna shift over to the wide receiver position. And the first wide out here is going to be at Calvin Ridley. He hasn't been great to start off this season. He's been solid. You know, you look at the stat line, he's put together consistent performances, but he really just has not lived up to what people drafted him to be. He was drafted basically as the wide receiver four or wide receiver five. And a lot of people thought he had that upside to be the number one overall wide receiver. We saw what he did in 2020. Now you're looking at an offense without Julio Jones. Could he add that top tier volume to his game? And so he definitely hasn't lived up to that so far. He's averaging 14.2 PPR points per game. But the thing I love about Calvin Ridley is that the volume has been spectacular to start off this season, which gives me hope that he can put up top five wide receiver production for the rest of the season. I'm not saying you should value him as a top five wide receiver, but I do think, you know, if the touchdowns kind of shake out in his favor, he still has that, you know, top five potential rest of season. And I'm just going to go through his targets week by week. So starting with week one, eight targets, 10 targets, 11 targets, 13 targets, then 10 targets here in week seven. That is 10.4 targets per game. That is the volume I want to trade for. And if you're someone who's in the market for one of these high-end wide receivers, it's going to be tough to pay up for a guy like Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams. Calvin Ridley may be the guy you can buy for a cheaper price, and he may not finish you know, up there with those guys, but he could potentially come close when you're looking at the rest of season production. And I'm just buying into Calvin Ridley's overall talent. I believe he is a great receiver. And so if he's going to continue to get that volume, I think he's going to eventually come through with some massive games. The second wide receiver I'm buying low on is going to be T. Higgins. He had 13.2 points here in week seven. So not necessarily a buy low. You know, he didn't just tank this week, but it really could have been a monster game. He was targeted 15 times. So when you're looking at that 15 targets, that 13.2 points does not seem super impressive. He's averaging 8.6 targets per game this season. That is a very solid number. And he's averaging 12.5 PPR points per game. So probably not living up to where you drafted him, but still a pretty solid flex play this year. I think what you guys have to capitalize on is Jamar Chase's monster game. If people see Jamar Chase as this high-end wide receiver one, which I mean, he potentially is, but if they see him as the clear-cut wide receiver one on the Bengals, they may start to devalue T. Higgins because they know he's not that stud. But T. Higgins doesn't have to be that number one wide receiver on the Bengals. It's very clear that he's not, but he can operate as the number two in that offense and still produce for fantasy football. If you need him to be like a bottom tier wide receiver two, 
high-end wide receiver three fantasy option. He can 100% do that for you. And this is a Bengals offense that I just think is going to be solid and very consistent moving forward. And I think Higgins is bound to see an increase in production when you're just looking at his volume and the overall production from that offense. Now I'm going to shift into two players that I would be selling high on going into week eight. And the first one is going to be a player I talked about last week, and that is Damian Harris. He is still listed here as a sell high. And when you look at the Patriots week seven performance, I mean, they looked amazing. They absolutely dominated the Jets, but this is clearly going to be the best game the Patriots have all season. They scored 54 points. This is not some crazy explosive offense. I wouldn't even call this offense good, but they put up 54 points. The running backs accounted for five total touchdowns. That is pretty wild. And we saw Damian Harris rush for 106 yards and two touchdowns on 14 carries. And then he added two receptions for seven yards. That totals 25.3 PPR points. The problem I have with Damian Harris, and I talked about this last week, he is very one-dimensional. His production comes basically entirely from the run game. So you're basically banking on 100 rush yards and a touchdown. You see he did it here, but is that something you want to count on every single week? Personally, I do not. He gets almost zero work in the receiving game, and no matter who the Patriots have on their active game day roster, they're always filtering in two, typically even three running backs per game. We've seen James White, Bolden, Taylor, and Stevenson all have very specific roles in this offense where they're kind of taking away from potential Damian Harris touches. And these are valuable touches. These aren't just random carries. These are potential goal line opportunities. This is work in the receiving game. Those are the most valuable touches you can get because that's how you get into the end zone. That's how you're getting your half point PPR, your full point PPR, you know, in terms of receptions. And Bolden or Stevenson are gonna be the ones who are getting the bulk of the receiving work. That role is just not up for grabs at all. They've shown game after game. They just do not wanna use Damian Harris as the receiving back. And then you're going to have J.J. Taylor or Ramondre Stevenson working in on the ground, taking carries from Damian Harris. This isn't a situation where he's going to rush for like 17, 18 carries a game. He's going to be in that like 13 to 16 range. And that's just not enough volume for me to trust him getting, you know, the necessary yardage and touchdowns to want him in my lineup as like a solid RB2 play. So I'm just not really seeing Harris's ceiling moving forward. And I think his value is only going to go down from here. So I would capitalize on his big last two weeks and try to move him off my roster. Maybe you're trading Damian Harris plus, you know, a decent wide receiver for a guy like Leonard Fournette or Daryl Henderson, who I talked about earlier. Then for my final sell high, it's going to be Cortland Sutton from the Broncos. And he has balled out in Jerry Judy's absence. We saw Judy go down with that ankle injury in week one. And in that time from week two to week seven, Corlin Sutton has averaged 16.9 points per game. You know, that's like fringe wide receiver one production in that span. But we do know that Jerry Judy is set to return here in week eight. And Sutton is still going to be a productive receiver, but his ceiling is definitely going to be much, much lower with Judy back. And to be honest, you know, we don't know who the clear number one is going to be. We could say it's Judy because he did look like he was the number one week one, but I don't think that's necessarily fair to Sutton because that was his first game back from an ACL tear. Now Judy's coming back from what I believe was a high ankle sprain. So that number one role could be up in the air, but no matter who wins it, 
there's no way that Sutton is gaining value moving forward. He's likely not even going to be maintaining value for the foreseeable future. So I would try to move him ASAP before people kind of catch on to Jerry Judy's return. I don't think that was something that was super widespread. So all your league mates may not know that he is making his comeback here in week eight. So I'd try to unload him as soon as possible, you know, marketing him as, you know, a borderline wide receiver one and just a top tier asset because right now he is the wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos. But that is going to wrap it up for my buy low and sell high video. If you guys enjoyed the content, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you guys agree with these, let me know down below. If you disagree on a certain player, comment down below. Let me know why, and we can have a nice conversation about it. But thank you guys for stopping by. If you haven't seen my waiver wire video, go check that out. But thank you guys again, and I'll see you next time.